Slash Dupe episode 4. Hello, you are listening to Slash Dupe, the only movie pitching podcast where four very different ideas can come from one title. Everybody's been given the same title, some time to prepare, and comes to our table with a personal film or TV pitch of their own. But not all ideas are created or workshopped equal, and when we're finished, only one will emerge victorious. There's more on that later on. I think it is important to note at this point that nobody has discussed their ideas beforehand, so we're all going into this equally fresh. No, but wait, wait, wait. What the hell's Slash Dupe? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked, Bradley. A Slash Dupe is film industry terminology for a rough, usually monochromatic work print of a film used in post-production stages for purposes such as scoring or dubbing, more prevalent certainly during the days of physical film. A Slash Dupe is, in effect, a mere unfinished representation of a finished film, and I hope at least that we will be able to deliver that, that one of us will be able to deliver that to the audience today. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did that we'll answer see. your question? Yeah, thanks. Uh, by now, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that there is a dupe at the table. So one person out of the four of us does not know the title ahead of time. The, uh, they will be getting it at the same time as you, the audience. Uh, the re- remainder of us, uh, myself, uh, the moderator, and our two guests... They have been given the title ahead of time and they have prepared their ideas. Mm. Prepared is a loose term. <laughs> um, Dan, how do you feel about uh, the title you've been given? Yeah, I feel great. Good. <laughs> I'm excited. Snappy response. Yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll see if that pans out, that confidence. Um, Bradley, our guest this week, yeah, how yeah. would you describe your feelings going into this podcast oh. and how do you feel about the title? No, I like my idea. It's solid. It's solid. It's a solid idea. A solid three-star idea. It, well, out of how many stars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It depends. We'll get there. Um, so our dupe is today is Ryan. He's on a he's on a hot streak of being. Yeah, the dupe. it seems like there's a bit of a running theme here with uh, me being the dupe. But yes, for the for the fourth time, I'm the dupe. And how are you feeling about that? Uh, you haven't been given the title again. How do you feel about being the dupe? I actually really love it. I think being inherently creative in it's a challenge to sort of come up with uh, film in the time that these guys take their time to pitch. And what I actually try and do to maybe some insight into my creative process is by listening to them, I will write down things that I think is going on and listen to the ideas that are here. And mm. I try to make one that's not similar to theirs. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, but I really enjoy it. And I highly recommend anyone to give a shot at being the dupe because it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I feel, in a lot of ways, I've been inspired by Ryan. And, um, <laughs> so you're equally prepared as the Duke. Absolutely, this absolutely. <laughs> a title and nothing more. Well, yeah, yeah. Sometimes not even a title. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like that. That's, that's a great pitch, and and I think that w- what you said is interesting because um, in this episode, uh, the, the same as the last episode, this the title has actually come from an old idea of mine. Um, I probably came up with it in school. I don't even think it was in college or or in in film school, university or anything. I think it was an idea I came up with in school. And when I went back on some of my notes, um, because we've got so many titles, it's nice to pull from different. It's a coincidence that it's two in a row. But I realised that I had named the characters after my friends at the time and had had them have all of their worst character traits and all sorts of other things, which I probably won't go into for the purpose of this podcast. (laughs) But it was a thinly veiled attempt at sort of getting therapy. the angst yeah exactly the therapy <laughs> my younger self getting the angst out of my uh, my feelings at the time I think I know what this title is I Oof. it's it's not what you think but okay. it's but because it's not one I've ever talked about because it's horrendous oh, okay fine um, I just want to say it's fascinating to now uh, to unpack a title that I've lived with for a long time with one idea and hear all of the ideas that you guys come up with based on that so I'm very excited so the title today for your podcast is Potluck. 
So your title is Potluck. And as usual, uh, it can be spelt reasonably uh, anyway. It can have hyphens. It can have uh, any other punctuation. It can You can alter it slightly if you can justify it. But Potluck is the... Uh, is the title. So okay. who wants to start? I actually, despite all my japes, I have <laughs> two ideas for this. Okay. So I'm going to let Brad go first, okay. because if one of them are the same, then I can say goodbye okay. to it. To be fair, I've got half an idea on this page. <laughs> Between us, we'll make an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I don't mind starting. That's fine. Bradley, give us your idea for Potluck. All right, okay. So how to start? I suppose it's just a section of bullet points, isn't it? So I've got to and any, have an start anywhere, and okay. we'll, we'll so ask so so we'll go. start sort of genreish and move into the background of the film. Perfect. So so the genreish is um, sort of an Orwellian horror. Oh, so black uh, oh. black mirror esque Orwellian horror, right? Okay, very interesting. So the idea is that this is set ten years after the fu- in the future. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's an American-inspired state of, let's say, Trump wins another election, okay, and he abolishes the term limit. Okay, right, right, mm-hmm. and Which goes is entirely possible. And, by yeah. the way, have you seen his the advert that he did where he stood behind Trump twenty twenty, right, and then the numbers keep going up and up and up. No, I've not seen that. that. Sort of, I don't know if it was a genuine <laughs> advertisement or whatever, but it kind of feels like it would be. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely the yeah. teaser, if not. But so, yeah. So, so the idea is then that the 10 years into the future, this pseudo-America mm-hmm. goes to war over resources again. Yeah. Right? And the country at this time is fully behind Trump. Like, it, it's sort of a... Um, a sideways alternate timeline partially sure. because like sure. Trump Trump is politically well loved across the country like mm-hmm. he's he's got like 90% in the charts okay. sort of thing um can you define how i don't want to interrupt you if you want to go for the full pitch now but how how has he done that how has he got the blue states red not sure <laughs> that's <laughs> something know. we can circle back yeah, to yeah. for sure so i don't know um so basically the war is in a, in a ceasefire and we're at the front so we're in an army camp at the front and going into potluck as the title mm-hmm. every week 15 soldiers are selected to be sent home right wow Ooh. yeah that's good nice yeah but they're not actually sent home <laughs> oh. yes so the what 15 soldiers are mm-hmm. selected based off their Internet history, their texts, their phone calls, wow. their conversations around yeah. the army camp. And it's basically a, a likelihood minority report style of how le- likely they are in the future to be insubordinate. Wow, okay. That's how, we right. got, that's how he did it. Yeah. Like Cambridge Analytica so he, on yeah, steroids. Yeah, okay, that's how yeah. he got himself uh, yeah. and all Related. the blue states. Yeah. So this is where, the, yeah, this yeah. Is where okay. the Orwellian horror comes in. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and then... Uh, not fully fleshed out what happens to the 15 soldiers, but it's either brainwashing or a super soldier program, mm-hmm. depending on how wacky I want to get. Maybe one of the two. Yeah. Maybe both. Maybe both, yeah. <laughs> or they're refed into the, you know, into the ration yeah, packs. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Soiling, I mean, it's... Soil and green. Yeah. Soil and green meets uh, Carousel of Logan's yeah. Run, isn't it? <laughs> so, so, getting actually a little bit into the... Because one of the first things I thought of when I was doing this idea was the filmography and the cinematography. Perfect. Mm. And the idea is that there's... 
a lot of subtlety in the fact that America, America at the start of the film is portrayed as the good guys, mm. as you would expect in a war film about America. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. And, but in the background of almost every shot, there's either a security camera watching the soldiers. Mm. The soldiers themselves have blinking lights on them to show that they are recording from the soldiers mm -hmm. at almost all times. Sure, body cams, like yeah. the police officers yeah. and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. And that's in the army camp itself and all sorts. Um, and in the background, every now and again, you'll see like chemical weapons being loaded onto things, like just like war criminal style yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Just, just in the background, being loaded onto trucks. Yeah. And I like that. You don't make a point about references it. References in the news of what's ha been happening, mm -hmm. but it's like Orwellian style, completely hidden from the soldiers. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I like that. Yeah. We, and like there's got to be little story moments of the main character who. I think is a dude, but I'm not sure. It could be either. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because at this point, although Trump's sort of radical right, you, it would by that point you'd have uh, you know equal sexes in the military and stuff because they yeah. would want the entire populace to be able to be controlled. Well, no, yeah, this is this is this is full on ground war, so they need yeah, yeah, as many soldiers exactly. as they can get. So so the yeah, so the problem I have actually when thinking with the main actor was it's got to be someone young, and the people I could think of were like. Back when Jarhead came out and Jake Gyllenhaal was mm -hmm. like 22 or something. Yeah, yeah. And like that sort of age and character. But I'm sure I can't really think of a good actor, maybe like Adam Driver, maybe, that's mm. around that well, age. He, he wasn't really. Yeah, he wasn't. Well, that's yeah, that's the idea, yeah. That what that is around that age and could play that character. Yeah, so yeah. Th that's that's the difficult bit. Adam Driver is a is a good shout because yeah. he has a real darkness to him. And with this character, this main character, how does he stumble across this plot, or how does he interact with this? Plot? He's one of the fifteen selected. Right. Okay. I, I I don't think this film's a happy ending film. Right. Okay. I think he gets brainwashed. Yeah. And it it ends yeah, with yeah. him back at the front in a different, obviously a different section because he can't be with his old squad platoon yeah, because sure. he'd be recognised so he goes somewhere else right, but now he's an officer being in charge of brainwashing the those subordinate teams well, yeah, to he's, wanting to he's, fight he's for them. basically keeping an eye on yeah. them and that sort of thing yeah. yeah he's fully on the Orwellian side mm -hmm. then yeah so there's a little I'm getting some do you remember the old Playstation 3 game Haze I think it's a PS3 game yeah. I'm getting some super soldier because they, they brainwash the soldiers give them this serum and they would see all the enemies and kill all the enemies, and then when the serum wore off, the enemies were all sort of like civilians yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So this, sold, the, the, this thing made them see the world differently. But you could do that without a, without a serum. You could do that with just a slow well, brainwashing of... Yeah. You know, I mean, they're already medium. behind the war. They're not, it's not like they're against yeah, the war exactly. in any capacity. Yeah, they're yeah. for the war. It's just they don't even know that they're going to be insubordinate. It's just a statistic yeah. To, yeah. to the government. I like that. That's a key thing I really like. Yeah. This sort of, this minority report sort of look forward into what they might become and then sort of, because we're in a, a period at the moment of dumb algorithms. So algorithms are ruling everything we do, but they're, they're not filled with enough information at this point to actually be better for us than us just deciding for ourselves. Yeah. They don't know us well enough. The data's not there. Yeah. So I sort of like that idea that they're, they think that the data is there to be able to actually decide what people would be like. Yeah, yeah I, lo I yeah. love it. I and love even it. if they're right or not, they don't care. Yeah. yeah. And which war, which country are they at war with at this point? Uh, I'm not sure. It's got it's got to be a war for resources. Okay. So it's and it can't be one of the big ones like China or India because yeah. that would be uh, that would devolve into a nuclear war. Yeah. So it'd have to be like a, a Middle Eastern state or a North African state where yeah. there's a lot yeah. of oil but not a lot of nuclear power. 
Would it be too radical, and it's okay if it is too radical to do this, but to have the, it's a war for the resources in parts of America that are still the blue states, and, the, and, and Trump be. wants to pull so another civil war. the red states. It, it could be a sort of civil war, that could work, or yeah. maybe even down to Mexico. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. But there's got to be just like a, a, a verifiable front all the way across that cuts off all communication between yes, the yeah, wars. of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I maybe make a suggestion of yeah. um, there is obviously the you know the, the Gulf of Mexico has a lot of oil rigs and that's what America that's holds on to in terms of that. Um, there's also law rings to do with uh, nautical miles, so you own anything that's 200 nautical miles outside of your country. So right. that's why there's such contention over Antarctica because it falls within the reams of that. So maybe a war about those sort of because it's got yeah. so much natural gas, and yeah. natural the oil. The ice could Antarctica. have melted so much that there's been new oil fields it, yeah. found in Antarctica. That's a good mm, idea. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then it's a no man's land of soldiers yeah, on really, multiple fronts yeah. really feeds heat in the no man's land as well doesn't yeah. it yeah, yeah, yeah and it's not and then in that case it's not like well this is it, like the whatever global council say let us free for all if you can get there drill it and defend it it's yours yeah mm. i think we, that actually works because if it's if it's like the frigid cold south yeah it's more isolated absolutely more, feels more lonely mm. visually it's less what we've had crammed down our throats for the last decade yeah. of sort of you know african or arab themed sort of mm-hmm. wars mm. yeah it's like a really you know, unique now, look sorry not antarctica i meant the the Arct- not that north pole of the arctic because yeah. then you've got russia china uh, the, the UK, yeah. all the Scandinavian countries, they're all within 200 nautical miles mm. of that. Mm. Yeah. So then you've got a massive mix of people. Um, what's the, is it Joint Security Agency with the, about the border in... Yeah, that's good. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you have, you could also even have moments where these soldiers are meeting other soldiers from like, from the other countries and okay, stuff like yeah. that. You know, and that, that and factors into the way they get... Um, selected. Hit, selected yeah, for yeah. the potluck thing. Yeah, if they fraternise with, with other troops... You know, because yeah, at that yeah. point, it, you know, I, I like I like the idea of showing soldiers on opposing sides being human beings. You, you could have a town that's this... like an amnesty town. Yeah. Right. You know, so our soldiers go there to what trade and drink. Yeah. And do I, did, I did. The original idea did kind of want to limit mm. the enemy's interest yeah. okay, okay, in the film. Interesting. So it's just it's very much like an American centric. We are the good guys sort of view. I like oh, okay. that. I do yeah. like that, actually, because we normally just see anonymous bad guys and we're sort of supposed mm. to feel like they're the others. It's the other effect. Yeah, it was meant people. to make the enemy feel more alien to make the viewer identify with the Americans yeah, more Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That does work, actually. There was yeah. this Star Trek original, mm-hmm. episode, uh, original generation episode where they were having this war by proxy with another... I think it was with another <clears> planet. And they all had a number. And when your number got called up, you got taken into a pod and disintegrated. So rather than actually fight over land, which could then be destroyed, you would save that land, but you'd still have the same casualties of war that you would have (laughs) played out by an algorithm. Um, I don't know whether... Just the the way you describe it reminded me of that episode. I don't know whether that would be able to play in. So America and Russia have made a deal where they war via taking their soldiers away via potluck. Yeah. Because I wanted it to be in a ceasefire, basically, because I wanted the war to erupt. Because I, I wanted it to devolve slowly into a more and more chaotic state. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, the war would erupt partway through the film, probably when he gets selected. Right. And then he returns from being selected and basically starts committing war crimes. Right. On uh, through authorization of the government. Right. So so it's this it's this idea of the audience almost being slightly complicit of thinking America's the good guys at the yeah. start 
and America then slowly devolving into being a more and more criminal state mm-hmm. and just killing That's indiscriminately. Some might argue we already do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this, so this, and of course we're not bashing Americans no, or America, know, know. but this is an interesting look at what a speculative sort of science fiction look at what you know an Orwellian mm. state version of the you know with the military as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's quite fascinating as well to sort of um, look at. So, so you're going to have this thing where the uh, Adam Driver type character becomes brainwashed, and then that's not the end of the movie; it's the second half of the movie, and then he is mm. the one committing the atrocities at that point. No, so the atrocities would be like the 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 finishing of the brainwashing and the atrocities would be say like the last right okay. fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, it, yeah. Wouldn't, it wouldn't it wouldn't cover a lot of the film. It would yeah. just be just enough to show that oh. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We haven't been shown mm. that yet. Are we flashing thing. back then? So no, so so it's just going to start off in the army camp, and it's it's going to be quite a slow film. The the, the thinking is that it's just him, uh, like the 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 sort of plot points I got at the moment is it's starting with the main character sort of being involved in the national anthem, and he's not fully invested mm. in the national anthem mm. it's just like a little hint to what the statistics mm. are looking for and then like a family moment with him calling back to home or something mm-hmm. and then soldiers being bored i was going to have a section where they were laying ma- landmines out mm. but it being a really innocuous event because landmines are extremely dangerous and they last for hundreds of years after sure, the sure. wars ended mm. yeah so them laying the landmines and it being innocuous and then laughing and joking and then, then going back to the army camp is the, the idea that it's a good planting, scene. I like yeah, it. Planting yeah. the idea yeah, yeah. that what these things actually can do. Yeah. But no one put no, down with no sort of real sort of relevant, yeah. no connection to what they actually do. Yeah. yeah and and, just, and yeah. hopefully the audience won't have a proper connection right away to what the soldiers are doing. Yeah. Because trying to make it as innocuous as possible. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, you sort of think, oh, it's just a buddy. They're just buddies sort just of in, a, at war in America, yeah. you know, even an American force, and they're just yeah. going around doing what they normally do, yeah. putting out landmines yeah. and joking around about silly things. Yeah. Just a banality it's, it's, of day by day. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be quite... It's, it's about, yeah. like, the, the most difficult thing I can foresee with the film is not allowing the audience to get bored, but showing the boredom of an army camp in ceasefire yeah. in, in peacetime. Well, Jarhead Quotes. could do it, so you could. You yeah, could, exactly. You could that's do that, that's a lot. Quite a lot of the influences. Jarhead <laughs> just slash Minority Jarhead. Report slash Black Mirror. They're great combinations great. of things, yeah. though. Yeah. You know, yeah. and a lot of old science fiction. Um, a Joe Holderman type sort of. I can't. I don't know what his period was, but I'm going to say between 40s and 60s. A lot of those science fictions, they were militarized sci-fi novels. It was like one of some of the first wave of these sort of like almost like space operas or sci-fi novels, including things like. Uh, Starship Troopers and things like that, the yeah. novel. So, like, they had this sort of edge. So, is this in this fictional world where this movie is made? Has it been based on a book beforehand? Has it been based, or is it just no? Who who are the writers, directors? Who's the what's, who's uh, the creative so, team? Oh god! So, so the creative team is I'm struggled I struggled with um, mm. the directors. I had two ideas. The obvious one being Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's the obvious one. But the less obvious one was De- uh, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. Of um, yeah, yeah. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, prisoners and uh, yeah. enemy. I thought he Dune. has he has the because while Christopher Nolan can make a subtle film, mm. he's not he doesn't make a slow film. Mm. He makes quite fast paced yeah, moving they films. Move very a lot quickly. of plot happens yeah, in a very yeah. short amount of time, whereas Dennis Dennis Villeneuve yeah, makes yeah. a longer, more drawn out film and yeah. keeps it interesting. 
Yeah. I think that's a good point, actually, because when you said Christopher Nolan, at first I was like, I'm not sure. But then I thought, actually, if he was doing a kind of... He seems to be working his way through a lot of big, high-concept genres. It would be yes. cool for him to do a sort of uh, a militaristic film, something Orwellian, something that rem is rem uh, a reminder of the Ipcris file or something. Yeah. His sort of... Uh, you know, 60s, 70s, sort of paranoid thriller, but for this age. So I could see Nolan doing it on a massive budget. But I, th I think it's Denis Villeneuve, is that how you pronounce his name? Is it? That's I how think you it's it. like the the Formula One driver. I think it's like that. Okay. I'm Although not I'm sure. not 100%. But someone, <laughs> we're happy to be corrected. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course he is. Um, he's getting ideas for Dune, of course. Yeah. Um, so that's in post production. Oh, yeah. Well, ideas for the next one. Um, but yeah, so, but when you said Denis, I think, okay, I can see that because he straddles this fantastic line between things being banal, yeah. like with Sicario or Prisoners. Yeah, Sicario so very was sort of uh, generic in a way, but yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah. also with this horrific subject matter and, and actually when you come out the other end, you go, oh my God, like that was really moving and really disturbing. Yeah. But at the time, it's the banality of it that actually builds to that. So yeah. I, I think that's a great choice for a director, yeah. like for sure. Yeah, so it's good. It's, it, the, the, the thing is, like I said before, it goes from banality to chaos and it's got to move very quickly. So the first half an hour to 40 minutes have got to be a bit plodding and then it's got to move very quickly from mm. him being selected to committing atrocities. Yeah, sure. It's got to move through that pace. Yeah. Um, there's got to be a point, I think, where, I think I've got this note down, is basically where he meets a previous soldier that had been selected. That right. he knows. Yeah. And the soldier, it's, it's got to be a fairly basic conversation. Like, there's not, not much that's revealed. It just seems like he's meeting a friend. The guy's personality is not going to change too much. But obviously, there's got to be the question, oh, why are you still here? Mm. You got sent home, didn't mm. you? Yeah. Yeah. And, he's, and the idea is that he goes, oh, no, I got home and I just couldn't, I couldn't feel comfortable and I had to come back. Yeah. That sort of. The war called me back. My calling yeah. to America yeah. called me back. And so that, I think the idea was in my head that that scene playing out was the score for the music goes slightly off tune for the rest of the film then beyond that point. Oh, Love interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask you about very, score very and soundtrack yeah. as well. Um, so you think, so what, what's it going to be like? Is it going to be sort of, uh, you know, moody electronic or how, how, uh, how do you see it coming out? I think... I don't know. I think it's got to be fairly low tone and build as a film. But, yeah, it's sort of got to be that sort of joyful sort of music that then yeah. descends into sort of a bit of... Yeah. It's it's the same sort of joyful music, but as I said, Just there's a key off. Right. I like it, I like it. Yeah, you sort of see something like an apocalypse because now. Because humans you notice when like, there's yeah. just that one tiny thing wrong. They might not notice yeah. what it yeah, is yeah. that's wrong, but they notice that something is wrong. Yeah. Which is why the Dutch angle works really well. Yeah. Because yeah. it moves the camera to something slightly wrong, but you yeah. don't know why. Yeah. I like I like that a lot. I like the idea of from that point onwards, there's something wrong with the soundtrack constantly, because in his head, there's something slightly wrong, and it leads towards something. Is really it just like a detuning, uh, up-tuning of of each of the instruments so they don't half quite a, sit yeah, 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 definitely. so it just sits slightly out yeah I mean you could even hear like alternative versions of because they'd be wanting to listen to things that, that in American history that would make them feel 
patriotic so you'd mm-hmm, hear yeah. the soundtracks because every war film has had that famous song they played yeah. when they went yeah maybe thinking about it it needs to be sort of uh an american like southern rock yeah sort of soundtracky sort yeah. of thing but like that Midwest. could go very easily into sort of gothic this gothic yeah. sort yeah. of if you feeling, played some of those yeah. songs in minor in a minor key they would sound like you know yeah, yeah i just sinister. i just wonder whether that's too Obvious, yeah, like it's too much of a. Oh, but half a step but down, even a half a step. Like you can, you can detune by like yeah. a tenth of a getting step. In, in yeah, getting into music that I don't know too much <laughs> about now. Yeah, I'm not that technically proficient in music. <laughs> so. That's why we have Dan here. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I, lo- I love it. Um, combined with the uh, idea of the sort of this iconic soundtrack, um, I'm, I'm, I get sort of it connects me to the idea of Zimmer. It connects me to the idea of Nolan. It connects me to the idea yeah. of his teasers. Zimmer's always a good choice. Yeah, he, he, like he, yeah. you can't go wrong with his style. He's a workhorse, isn't he? Yeah. And he very, he very much delivers for each project. Yeah. Um, so, would you have? I know it's Denis you would like to direct it, but would you have a, a, a kind of a, a teaser that really intrigues audiences? Because you want to give them this Nolan-style teaser. Like the teaser for he's the king of this yeah. old school cinematic technique. Because so you, you couldn't show any of the brainwashing, and you, you, mm. maybe you'd hint at it. Mm. But I think the trailer would have to have shots of the the, the security cameras, not yeah. not focused, but in the background of the shots. Because mm. it's got to, mm. you've got to show something to the audience that they may not notice. Every but shot in the there. trailer like has a security camera yeah, or something. But it's there. Or a camera of some yeah. kind. Because yeah, the idea, idea of the Orwellian state is it's omnipresent. Yeah. 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 So so the film's got to show something that's omnipresent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I also really love there's the teaser for um or you know, Fincher would be another good choice for this. Fincher but, would be a good. But there's choice, a yeah. there's a teaser for Gone Girl that's just superb and it's got that track the haunting cover of that track on it and it just shows you shot after shot after shot for yeah. about two minutes and each shot is completely disparate from the rest of them but together it creates a narrative in this trailer just by putting the shots next to yeah. each other and you see this arc of the film without ever having been told what's going on in it and it's really really special mm. but so i think this is the sort of thing that would benefit from that you know that yeah. sort of style no words just shots after shots because ultimately that's what you're doing it's the state that's viewing everything and just shots like an algorithm and put and deciding that that's his mm. you know life in these just these snapshots that make this decision at the end okay you know so you could do a yeah, teaser that like work. that if that was something yeah. you wanted no, to no, do no 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 yeah you know? the, the, the problem with teasers is you've obviously got to appeal to as many people as you possibly can mm. when you show a film for the first time so it's making a teaser that does that whilst also not lying about what the film is absolutely yeah. don't yeah. betray the audience basically yeah. yeah so teasing them at this stage is, is probably the right thing to do You'd, but you don't want to give the game away no yeah you? a full trailer I don't think would actually work mm. because the film's too focused on what it what, what what's going on could yeah. you have in every army shot? conscription video yeah that's a brilliant idea, mm-hmm. yeah. great idea that's trailer. a great idea the conscription yeah. video is the trailer and that's it yeah yeah that's it and it tells you the content of the tra- of the film you know in the way that a trailer does mm-hmm. but yeah. in the way that it could absolutely be the army conscription video of that time yeah, yeah that's a great idea yeah. well they're uh, saying that the army i'm watching at the moment um league of legends right as the uh as yearly championships that go on pro mm-hmm. level right that this and and they Twitch has a Twitch Rivals competition for that. At the right. Moment. That is sponsored by the US Army. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It's weird. 
So this is part of the early part of the film, is there, you know, or, or some way of yeah. this, how they started getting people on side for the army. So Ta- like, tapping you know, into gamers. You know, yeah. you like to be tactical. You like to sort of, you know, destroy yeah. your enemy. You like to sort of, you know... Strong hand-eye coordination for drone yeah, usage. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, they use Xbox controllers for drones. They do, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super comfy, though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the PlayStation It is the one, superior but, you know, controller. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. No. I this, prefer this the PlayStation, but the controller is superior. <laughs> Okay, you've you've struck a, the good balance there. You've made everybody happy with that, <laughs> with that statement. Um, so, just a final question on this, and if you have anything to add, definitely let us know what it is. Um, oh, I think I've hit all my notes. So, I would I would ask you a final question, and then um, please fill in afterwards uh, anything that you uh, this idea you may have missed. Yeah. There was um, one idea I have left. Yeah. That I'm not sure would make it into the film. It'd be it's, it's just a floater, if you like. Mm-hmm. Is uh, having partway through the film uh, maybe not even on the film itself but in the background of a news broadcast or something but a chemical weapons accident that happens mm. and gas masks have to be used what in the middle of an interview or something well something like that and yeah. everybody has to put gas masks and but they just carry on they're already there and they just carry they just on they just carry yeah. on the yeah. thing and there are people running around and doing stuff yeah. and so, like... so, so there's like an obvious war crime that's happening but nobody's panicking yeah yeah just yeah. the normality of it it's yeah. like masks on and they just put the that feels like a running theme Throughout the whole thing, yeah, 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 but it's yeah, just yeah. it's just an idea like of like as we get later into the film, bringing that idea more into the forefront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's the final idea. So I, I would ask you just at the end, I would say, how is it received by the public and the critics, and is there a sequel? Is it a sequel definitely necessary, no, de- and would they make one? Definitely no sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's going to be made, I don't think uh, I would be involved. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't think it's necessary. I think that the film itself shows enough of what I would want to get across yeah. in a film. Um, whether how it would be received is a good question because I don't know. It's a little bit like the Joker mm. in in terms of mm-hmm. it shows a lot of what the current social structure is in the mm. world. A lot spe- of failings within the system. Yeah, and. But I think it would be more well received because the joke is about the rich and the elite, yeah, and the downtrodden, sure, and the and the the elite divide then, sure, sure. Whereas this film is more of a political divide that no one is aware of, mm-hmm. like everyone gets behind this political divide. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no real competition. Yeah, which was which is an interesting part of the film. I really yeah. like that. You know, that everyone's on board with the war. You know, they've, they've all been... I, I hesitate to say indoctrinated, but just, just convinced. No, but yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. It's, 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 it's basically hearkening to the idea that um, of Russia and China at the moment have such a deep control of their own people right. that their own people will defend the country. Sure, even and the decisions e- being yeah. made. Yeah. yeah, even if they are aware, probably, of the failings, they will yeah. still defend it. Yeah, sure. Um and that's that's the idea of where Jason Tad, that's pretty true of most Western countries. Yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely true of almost every country. Patriotism is a very strong yeah, thing. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but it's just you could still go to America and have that fifty fifty split of mm. what do you think of Trump? Yeah, sure. Whereas if you went into China and says, What do you think of um yeah. the guy? Mao. What was no, it? Mao Mao was the, the <laughs> I can't remember his I name. Good at films, bad at geography. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. history. Geopolitical yeah. history. leaders. Let's go the other way. Let's. Uh, if you went into Russia and said, what do you think of Putin? Of Mao. Oh, of Putin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, then, then you'd almost get... Sure. Un- unequivocally get a lot of support. Sure, um, sure. 
Even though the Western media says, oh, he doesn't actually get lots of support, he does. You would on the ground. Yeah, yeah. you would. You would. So, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it's a, good, it's a good point you make. And I think that probably means that it would be critically well-received, mm. but publicly perhaps badly received. Because... Yeah, I think there'd be too much that's relatable yeah. for yes, people to th- like yeah. it. And, and too much close to the bone yeah. and too much that would offend people who aren't open-minded enough to see it perhaps as a satire or as a tale well, it's just of a, what a not commentary to do. on society. Ab- absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, yeah, thanks, Bradley. I think that's a fantastic way of kicking off potluck and <laughs> absolutely far-flung, as you will find out, from what I imagine. <laughs> How close, uh, Dan, is it to no, your... Nowhere near. Nowhere near. So I, I'm going to put both ideas out and we'll spitball them both. Please do. And if one of them's like yours, then we can get it. Yeah. So number one, Seth Rogen film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about a guy who's a low-level poker player, not very good, not doing well, until he discovers that when he smokes pot... <laughs> he gets on a streak. Okay. And he takes this to casinos and literally Amazing. whenever he's whenever he's high, his luck is extraordinary. Yeah, okay. Right? So that's yeah. the, that's the yeah. first pitch. And the second one is a Will Ferrell mm-hmm. comedy um about the beginnings of the snooker uh, masters with the Barry Hearn, Steve Davis era. Um and it's in the style of like Blades of Fury. Yes, oh, okay, I really nice. love that. Oh, that's one. a nice one. However, I'm I, and I would not want to curb you if it is your if it's the better of the two. But mine revolves around snooker loosely, but also revolves around weed loosely. Well, so actually, to be fair, it doesn't matter which one we go for. Doesn't matter when you go for. Can we can we combine them? <laughs> we might be able what to when we get to we've it. Got, like, we've got to have Mitchell and Webb as commentators, surely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's a bad miss. If, when he when he he gets better at snooker when he smokes pot. Maybe well, well, are you now are you merging the emerging two? Ideas? The two. <laughs> merging the two ideas. I just feel like the the innate Britishness of snooker would uh, and Steve Davis that Steve Davis era where mm. everyone like Steve Davis was like the most boring man in snooker, right? <laughs> but he was also the talent of the age or whatever. Yeah. Well, you look at the what was the film Black Ball, Black Balls or whatever. Where they, where the guy plays balls, right? And okay, it's, fine. And it's Glad to clarify that. And it takes, and it takes sort of that tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. uh, British um, sort of what some consider quite a boring game, but if you ever played it, it's really, really fun. Mm. You know, and they turn it into like the bad boy, the bad boy of balls. But I mean, like, we was going... it Blades of Glory? Blades yeah, of Blades of Glory. Of Glory so you're taking the Blades of Glory tone of yeah, I, yeah. applying it, taking to a sport that maybe isn't as it's very rigid publicly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love figure skating. Yeah. Not going to go, not going to go there. <laughs> but um, but that 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 ridiculousness of taking it to a level where like the snooker is dangerous. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Dangerous, and, the stakes are so high. Yeah, and Will Ferrell's like the <laughs> you know he, he could even be a reuniting. Yeah, you know, and and having you know, uh, is it John Hader? John Bill C- Hader. Bill Hader. Oh, Bill, uh, oh. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, oh, John Hader. Hader. John Hader. Hader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of so those two getting back in the game love together. Um, so it could be that director, the director of Napoleon Dynamite, yeah. because I really like Nacho Libre, and I'm probably one of about three people who did. Oh, <laughs> but I love Nacho. Are we going to have like some like absurd? Like stakes, like dodgeball esque. Absolutely, yeah, Jared, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jared Hess directed. Yes, Jared, Jared Hess. So that sort of tone, 
And yeah, those ridiculous stakes and yeah. things that just don't make sense. You yeah. know, there's like sharks swimming around, the, you know, the, <laughs> one of the tournaments or something. Yeah, they're trying to make snooker back into the into yeah, the public. Yeah, trying to make it sexy, trying to like bring it to death, people. Like death, flaming like, hoops on the snooker yeah. board. What's the yeah, one about yeah. trick shots and that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was Jack Black one without. Was there a sure, I'm sure it's called Balls of Fury. Balls of Fury. That's why. Ah, oh, okay. Blades of Glory, Balls of Fury. There we are. <laughs> um, so kind of got that. Yeah. ridiculous level but they always seem to pay homage to the sport extraordinarily yeah. well like they they yeah. play it well so you would get actual greats of snooker coming in and cameoing yes. and making appearances even though they're not really that well known that's right so you'd yeah. have them turn up anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah. and people would be like who's that but you can tell it's a cameo because he can't act yeah absolutely know? but yeah you'd have all of that stuff happening in it yeah I love it um, have you is there going to be like a sort of uh a heart of gold moment is it is there going to be an actual arc that oh of course there's got to... there was always got to be an arc i think um probably will ferrell's alcoholic so that it's sort of alex alex higgins right from i don't know how much snooky you know but obviously Zero. i'm showing my showing my I'm uh, just assuming <laughs> that everybody else knows so that's but it. he was he the whirlwind he was called right. and he was he was like an alcoholic as well right and so he was totally temperamental when he was on the you never knew what you were going to get. And so Steve Davis was the utter opposite because he was the most boring, but he was brilliant at the table. So he always used to look forward so to So who's them. the villain then? Steve Davis or... Well, that's the thing. You find out that neither of them are. So right? a lot like Talladega Nights where you're like, in the end, you're rooting for like both, both of them. Yeah. yeah and okay. maybe what they do is they like, they double up and they, they end up... Re- well, that happened kind of in... Blades of Glory, didn't they? They created a team together, right. didn't they? So maybe we can't yeah. go down that far. But maybe they maybe they do the final the final tournament and it's like right down to the edge and they don't care who wins. And then the end is down to the last black mm-hmm. and they just throw their cues aside and start snogging. Because <laughs> there's been the this sexual tension, tension. sexual tension between them. Yeah, and, like, yeah, and, yeah. That, and they do it on the table. Yeah, and, that, um, well, <laughs> and they pot all the remaining balls as they're doing it. Oh, that is trick shots oh, going through the air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and he's reaching for the pole. <laughs> it's a cord. Snooker. Q. Q. He's Great. reaching for the cue. Pole. pole. <laughs> uh, but then that reignites snooker. Everyone loves snooker because of that. So actually, in the end, it yeah, was a... the snooker league say, you know, best thing that's happened yeah. to snooker. You it's know, in since... all the papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's got to be the sort of happy Gilmore. There's the guy that's teaching one of the characters. Yeah. And he dies partway through the film. But we've got to have, like, he dies at the side of the snooker table while yeah. the game's going yeah, on. Yeah. Well, they keep his body there because that's how committed they are to the game. He's well, like, he's like. It's because the guy, the guy takes too long to take, like, he, you know how they take Detention. ages to take yeah, a yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. And he's there waiting. He's an old guy. He's like, <laughs> a heart attack. No, no one's talking. You can't talk during a yeah. snooker <laughs> shot, right? So everyone's like, he's like. Yeah, love it. That's perfect. That's perfectly terrible. Um, when's it going to be released? When's what era does this? I, th- come I think out this in? is a, a past release. I think this right, is okay. sort of. When did Napoleon Dynamite come out? Oh, I can tell you, 2004. I think it's, and Balls of Fury was two thousand seven. Yeah, so I think it's late. I think it's two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Blades of Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. Two thousand seven was Blades of Glory. So I think it's two thousand nine, just before the turn. Okay. Yeah, it's the reason for the turn. The reason that we're done with this now. Thank you. So who's going to play? So which one's Will Ferrell playing for people who do know about Snooker? I think he's going to play the Alex. Alex Higgins guy, the, the alcohol. Of course he will. You okay, know? yeah, of course. Everything's wrong. I don't super, know. super hot wife, because he always has a super hot wife in all of his films. Really? He does. Every single one yeah. of them. Every yeah. single film. And a dog? Yeah. Does he always have a dog? 
always the dog is at his side yeah. all, at all times at the table. The and dog, sometimes the dog takes a shot for him. Yes. <laughs> he's too busy downing a pint. Yeah, yeah exactly. the dog takes a shot. The dog takes the shot. <laughs> and there's there's like at one point, you know this fake controversy that they make up where they go like he's been nearly fired because of this. Yeah. It's because he th- somebody thinks that the dog has been telling him what shots to take. So Love it. Barking <laughs> at particular points to tell him where which shots to take. It's like the octopus in football that predicts the game. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they're like you can't do that and then there's that segment of the rules you know yeah. you can't have a dog here he is in the rules and all this sort of stuff yeah so him and his hot wife are split up because of his alcoholism and yeah. snooker's falling down in the ranks because of this guy yeah um but it turns out he didn't want his hot wife back anyway right so okay we find at the end oh i see that's why so there's got to be a new start. love interest there. well that is so, that's so, the, the, the new guy, guy. Oh, okay that makes sure. oh yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. they almost don't <laughs> do anything to each other at all but somehow you still feel that. Can I? Can I make this? No, maybe they do. Maybe they aren't like you know when they <laughs> okay, do like semi-finals yeah. on two different things. They're playing the shots, but they're looking at each other. They're... <laughs> and they're so yeah. good that they don't even need to look at the table. They're looking right, at yeah. each other. Or the dog's taking the shot. <laughs> That's the post-credits bit of romance where they've after they've kissed and you know they're a couple. Yeah. That's to show their love, isn't it? How much? I feel like there's like... to build the tension, and you've got to have like a ten-minute scene where it's just them playing suka. There's no dialogue, no music, and they're just looking at each other. Yeah. 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 The entire game is played without them looking at the balls just at yeah. each other yeah they're definitely more and more ridiculous trick shots as well yeah yeah, yeah trying yeah. to show off for each downing other downing a pint while looking yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they have to he has to go find somebody and they goes into like a, a dive bar like a like a roadhouse dive bar mm-hmm. like playing and they're playing snooker in the back yeah he has to find his he has to do an illegal game illegal snooker game yeah a pool he's got to play pool yeah because you've got to learn like some American trick shot yeah and it's like no you're going to learn what you need to know on the snooker table with the pool yeah and it's like and he takes him to the back room and this old wizened player shows him a shot with one arm yeah yeah he's got one arm in a snooker related you know what it is he put his hand into the pocket or something the um, it's the shot that everyone wants to do where you bounce it off all six he bounces it off all six corners yeah. no, one's ever, no one's ever made a shot like that that's yes. it and it goes into one and then like pops out of the bottom return and then pops back into another hole it's just the most ridiculous shot and I, I'm okay. So Will Ferrell's um, Steve. Did you say Steve Davis? No, he's Alex Higgins. Alex Higgins. Who's Steve Davis? John. Uh, how you pronounce his name? John Hader. Right, right, right. Okay, I see. And and he. It would be good to bring him back into the fold as well. I think so. I think it's it's due. You know. And they had such great chemistry. Yeah. In Blades of Glory. Like it was. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Same. Really I really enjoyed it. that film as well for yeah. what it was. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's 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 a film of its time. Probably the same cast and crew, right? As everybody just ported straight over. To yeah, them. I think it's a bit lazy in its execution. Yeah. So yeah. It, it like is it riding off the coattails? Absolutely okay. riding off the coattails. They've gone. <laughs> oh, we can call most print. Yeah. It's got a huge budget. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Got a bigger budget than the last one. Unnecessarily big. Unnecessarily <laughs> big. Yeah. yeah. So like these snookers are like in like ridiculous locations that they don't need to have like this one time. Like a Super right. Bowl stadium. <laughs> yeah. Right and they're playing right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Right on top of the Burj Khalifa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 200 yeah. floors up. That's brilliant. This tournament that just goes around the world to all these famous monuments. And just like, even though it doesn't make sense, they're on top of each one. Yeah. And they've got like scenes where they just throw insults at each other, obviously, don't they? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so, the, and they're the improvised scenes, which, you know, which go, on far, which go on far too long, but yeah. you kind of enjoy it. They they don't they outstay their welcome but don't outstay their welcome. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? yeah. Like, it's like why else are you watching this movie? Exactly. It's not for the snooker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. So I also imagine this is a sort of film, providing you don't mind, that has come out on DVD. But when Blu-ray came about, 
the studio didn't bother to upgrade it to oh, technology. Oh, no, of course so not. So you can only find it on DVD. Yeah, yeah. It's two and pounds in a bargain streaming bin. services? Yeah, definitely on streaming Yeah, because um, it had to have yeah. a resurgence, but, it's, but it's not, not enough to... No, so not enough to put it on a Blu-ray. Yeah. And people on the message boards are like, when are we going to get... A HD remaster. <laughs> a version of this of potluck. <laughs> when are we going to get a version of this that we... You know, we want it in 4K. It's never going to happen. Never. Happen. never. All I'm right. okay with that. Well, maybe it does happen. It's just really badly upscaled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people are complaining about the quality of it, even though it, it doesn't matter at all. All right, so I feel like this... If we can't think of a good poster and tagline for this film, then then we'll never yeah. be able to think of a good poster or title for anything. If it's you know, like Grab Life by the Balls. Yeah, I think That's that might one. have been Balls of Fury. Well. <laughs> oh, was no, it? was it? Jeez, I'm good at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry. The one for Balls of Fury was a huge comedy with tiny balls. There we are. So yeah, grab life by the balls is, is yeah, a good. That's good. And I need and and what what are we seeing for a poster? Oh, it would definitely be it would be Will Ferrell. Uh, it would be it would be Will Ferrell in, um, sort of laying on the table like sexy. Yeah. With the with the holding the key. Yeah, definitely. Or or I, this one's maybe a little too risque, but a ball gag. But it's a snooker ball. Yeah, that oh, also that works. <laughs> that's John Heater in the background. Yeah, with a ball gag. Well, the ball gag on a snooker yeah. ball, and he's like pointing the thing to. <laughs> The idea I had, yeah, the two standing back to back with the cues coming out of their legs. Yes. Yeah, like that. that's also great. That's brilliant. Or all... just two snooker balls and one cue. Yes, <laughs> of course. Perfect. Classic. Perfect. Got and their idea. bases are in the balls, in the reflection of the balls. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Okay. I, I like this idea. And it's, I, I hesitate to think, I hesitate to say that it's probably better than the Seth Rogen poker player pot idea unless you have no no I'm happy to to let that lie yeah because I think this has flourished and (laughs) (laughs) in a way that no one would have imagined we get this much comedy I say comedy loosely out of the idea of snooker so that's and that's why it's a sleeper hit yeah yeah it is it's a proper cult thing How does this actually work, this podcast? Well, uh, what happens is we're going to pick a winner at at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. And there's a winner at the end of every episode. But I don't want any of you at the table to think uh, that your idea wasn't worthy. I happen to feel like an idea comes out, it's your own, you're inspired by the title in some way, and then it gets workshop by everybody. We All the hands touch it, it becomes something new. And the only reason why it would be picked or not picked is by some sort of indeterminate factor of what resonates with me in this in that particular moment so there's no way you can game this system you can bribe me i will accept bribes <laughs> uh, but but don't for a second think that your idea isn't good if it's not picked it's it's not really a competition for that what we want to do is we want to get the audience involved we want to get them to vote on the eventual winner and that winner we will make the idea into a trailer and we'll make that trailer and put it out onto our networks and you can watch us embarrass ourselves trying to recreate the idea that somebody's <laughs> come up with um, you know, there's, there's, there's no criteria for winning this. Um, and of course, winning is also a loose term in itself anyway, because you don't really win anything. If I select you, you go to... We're all winners at heart. Yeah. <laughs> if I pick you, you go further towards more embarrassment as we pick the idea apart and then potentially make it into something worse than the pitch itself. <laughs> but, um, you know, I would say also, you guys listening, if you don't agree with the winners I've picked, tell me. Because we will select a wild card out of uh, if we get you know unblemished support for one idea that I didn't pick, 
Dan is definitely plumbing for his last. Especially episode, when it's been when someone's been robbed. <laughs> robbed. Still sore about that. Still sore about that. That um, could be any one of two episodes. <laughs> that is totally true. Um, uh, you know, because because we'll chuck a wild card in there, and it will be the wild card that you guys give us. Um, tell us your own ideas as well. Join our Facebook page on Twitter. Give us your own ideas. If you have an idea that's sparked off by the title in a particular episode send it to us. We want to hear it. We want to read it out. We want to discuss it. We want to get you guys involved as well. So now we're in the uh, second half. I think it's the right time to throw the title of Potluck over to our dupe. So Ryan, have you had some time to think of an idea or a few ideas for Potluck? I do. And I'm going against what I've done in the last couple of episodes where I've chosen a film and I'm sort of throwing back to Dan's first episode where I am going to pitch a TV show. Yeah. Like a Netflix TV show. So potluck, um, you know, you can't hear the word pot uh, in, in the title and not think about... You can't. Right, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, clearly, as you two have pitched completely different ideas. But uh, the, <laughs> the, you know, the idea of, of the, the reefer cigarettes and the cannabis. Um, but uh, So my idea centres around a group of people who own a, own a weed farm, and they, but they were doing it originally illegally. And this comes in at mm. when the legalisation in the okay. US came about. Yeah. So the potluck is them actually now, it's not an illegal operation for them anymore. They have to legalise themselves. So now they have to, so I think you have a couple of, I've got a few ideas for like as a music season. So the first thing is, you know, you establish the group um, of of farmers, and then they originally were like dealing with cartels and like mm-hmm. groups and and you know gang members and stuff like that. And now it's legalized; they don't need any of that stuff. So then you still have that sort of conflict between those guys. Mm. Um, but now they have to sort of turn that. They now have to create a business. They're now like, okay, well we've been doing this for a while. Now how do we do it legally? So they have to open up a shop, which means they have to stop using their their street corner sellers and yeah, like marketing stuff like that. They're curious. Yeah. They have yeah, to start have doing to marketing. Yeah. And like so, they're all just like people who are like, well you know. Let's let's give this a go, and so you have that sort of thing. You know, they have a store, and it's like maybe they get the the you know their best mm. um, peddler is the guy who starts running the store for them, and like and you know where in where in you know it started off in Colorado, um, so you know you maybe begin that story mm. here. And you begin to sort of understand how they have to evolve themselves from sort of doing something that was initially um, quite illegal, like growing it in mm, forests and stuff mm. like that, to now actually having like established land. They have to mm. buy it. I remember watching a sort of documentary on this sort of stuff, and for a long time, uh, in after 2012, banks would naturally accept money from farms, from mm. weed farms, because it was still considered illicit. Right. Um, so there was just cash. They had safes full of cash. Interesting. So even though they were legal, they, they weren't, weren't allowed, allowed to have a bank account. They weren't allowed to have their money come in. They had to, they just had cash reserves. Mm. Um, I think maybe the idea of the first season, I imagine it'd probably be like a 12 episode, eight, eight or 12 episode. Um, and the first is, is getting all of this stuff like off the ground, how they do it. And then you sort of have that thing where season two rolls around and it's like, they're in it, man. You know, it's been legalized in a bunch of other states now. They're having to really up their marketing game where the shop's doing really well. They've got regular customers and it gives you an opportunity to bring in, you know, there's uh, TV shows like Weeds that yeah. did really well. Yeah. Well, the corporate nature of it should come in in season two. Yeah. So at first it's just an independent business. They're trying to start an independent business. Yeah, like business. a mom and pop shop. Yeah, and also I love the idea that there are all these reprobates that you sort of find out, oh, one of them's really good at maths. That's why he is good at the calculations when they're 
doing the hydroponics, you know? Yeah. He's good at this now. He can set up the business. He's the accountant. You know, mm. all these people that haven't found their place, that's which is why they're doing yeah. this. They're dealing weed and they're part of this system. They're actually, they, they actually expand. Yeah, they they into... were ahead of the curve. It, you know, it, it is potluck that this now got legalized. And they're like, oh, we've already got a farm established. But, but, but it's still difficult to tra- to understand for them how they can transfer their skills of, of running on the street and running it underground yeah. into a small business. Absolutely. So that's the season one arc. And then season two is how corporate it becomes. And how corporations are now running. And also, a, a, and, yeah, and so they'll, and they'll have a, 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 consu- yeah, like a consultant will come in and be like, oh, you know, I'm a specialist in getting things off the ground. And Absolutely. You know, I've 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 been to Amsterdam and uh, sort of seen, seen in the pleasures of, of that uh, lovely all the pleasures city. Of <laughs> but um, humble you, I, I found I found that one of the weirdest things for me was like I was going through I was going into a, a bar uh, going to a club sorry and you know they had the security checks take everything out of your pockets and I put my hand in my pocket and I had a baggie and I thought oh my god oh my god oh my god like and then I took it out and obviously because it's so normal there so how does that deal you know as I said there mm. now people walking around. You know, uh, do they start like fragrance lines and, you know, where do they expand into? So I think the idea of, you know, bringing in other, other states and they're going, do they start going statewide? Do they start uh, actually, if the corporations are taking over, yeah. do they then sort of link up? So, you know, you get in a lot of uh, places and bars. You, uh, so my friends own a neighborhood bar, they call mm-hmm. it, in, in Peckham. Um, and that's not to sort of be well, the what's next. What's a neighborhood bar? The so neighborhood bar is basically you work with other, you work with local breweries, um, local other local businesses you're not right. trying to there to like be the biggest next best weather spoons i see you're there because you're you are for the love competition of the love with them. Of... you're there to support each other and that's yeah. the benefit of the and business. so they help right. you know they like get discounts at the barbers and stuff like that and you know whatever so it's like they're trying to now instead let's keep it away from this corporate america and let's keep it back to sort of people who want to try and do this and grow it and sort of have the sort of build that network i think the title potluck is great Mm-hmm. And it lends itself very nicely. So to it's that. like a capitalist Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. 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 But there's got yeah. there's got to be a point where the reverse they, break, because reverse of, breaking bad, yeah. where because things get choices, better. They're being, yeah. Because of those yeah, choices, exactly. they're being outcompeted. Yeah, and they have to step up. They have to yeah. step yeah. up their marketing. They have to like yeah. do you know new special new. Yeah, new get, hire. Yeah, got to get a new hire. And... <laughs> I love it. And then yeah. that's that's a joke. And you know they are they are starting to do things with hydroponics, and they're starting to do things. You know, grow it differently. And then what like, happens... we have got the best weed in town. But if you don't market it as the best weed in town, yeah. who's going to know the difference? And also, yeah. like, what what do they do? You know, they ask the like, and um, if they're growing it in the farms, like, are they are they being sustainable? Are mm. they mm. you know using like local manure and like that's definitely a season you know? three thing. Is yeah, it like then the eco aspects of the whole thing. Yeah, the vegan wow, start right? coming in. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then what happens? Vegan weed. What know? happens when um, when you know someone like a Trump comes in and they try to reverse that? And what does that mean for like um, for you know for, for these companies? Yeah, oh, there's also, like a prohibitionist six month trial where they yeah. where it's illegal. Now. So now they have and to go they have, they have to go, go back, back and get their street dealers. And those guys are now four. yeah. And and got, I think yeah. it's it's got you know it's got a lot of legs and and also you know you look at the actual statistics from. Um, where this has come out in the US, you know, crime crime rates are lower and there's less sort of like peddling and dealing and stuff like that because people are, because it's legal, you mm. pick up the streets. So that means that affects children as well. Better to teach them about it. Yeah. Is yeah. it, yeah. Is it better to teach them not, not have the sort of, the fit uh, that you know that you guys had uh, as the older two gentlemen at the table, uh, Sean wow. and Dan. Um, wow. You know, the I, was, sort of I wasn't going to mention the it. Drug, <laughs> <laughs> the drug talks that you guys got were like you know ruin your life, and you sort of laugh at all of this. The uh, marketing that went into stopping 
kids from doing drugs when they were younger. And it was just so absolutely ridiculous. It was like, you know... I mean, we weren't quite in the Nancy Reagan era, of like, yeah, you but, know, but, but yeah, I mean, there was all that sort of stuff, wasn't it? And so is this an educational um, documentary, like an educational series, or is it more about the human element? Is it about these, this family or these, this friend family mm. and how they then interact with this growth of what would, maybe they were happy with the way that they were dealing and then... As it turns into legalization, mm. how do they deal with the the, the literal corporization of, of, yeah, of the thing? Yeah, I think and so. And the, the, the fallout, the inevitable fallout, because at the moment that's four four seasons of everyone getting on, mm. and th- you know that yeah. that doesn't make for the best. Well, I mean, but the enemy Is at it... first would be um... uh, the other. Yeah. Yeah. But then, it's... how do we? The, you know, the inevitably building up the second to, season. Yeah, build, right? but building up to. It's the, the strain of making this happening, yeah. How how does that affect the friends and their relationship or their I family? See, yeah, and their of course. Yeah. <laughs> Going into is it a drama or a comedy, or is it a mixture? I think. What, how heavily does you know, it lean you, on one side? You sides? can argue that The Wire was funny. I would say The Wire is funny. It's it's definitely yeah. sort of because um, it could go full wacky, always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> sort of style. I but. sort of, with my initial idea basing it off, like I said, the success of things like TV shows like Weeds, which was a little bit more serious. I mean, mm. that did have a different undertone to it. Um, and obviously Breaking Bad has the sort of yeah. the the down and out and you know what, like that, that sort of aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I sort of feel like it's somewhere in the middle. I think the idea of Potluck is the fact that they were doing it. They, they are ahead of the curve. So they actually start doing it better than everyone who after 2012 thinks, oh, I know, I'll have to do it. And actually that raises the point, if they were growing illegally already, they're suddenly going to, like on whatever it was, November 4th or whatever, suddenly November 5th, they're going to walk in and be like, oh, hey, we were ready to go. Mm. They would have clearly been growing this. So maybe that's something that else comes in, mm. that someone someone investigates them and they realise that actually they were doing illegal, they were growing it illegally first before actually creating and registering yeah. for farming. farm. And I think like you, you'd sort of devalue the fact that by making it too funny, although it should be funny because there is humour in this. Mm. Yeah, there is. But you devalue the idea that this actually happened, This people would have had to yeah. have done yeah. this. Is this is this like from... a dangerously close docu com like like The Office, but not quite The Office. So, it, so where it is like Modern Family, it's, 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 yeah, where it, okay, where it yeah. is a oh, documentary, cool. but it's not a documentary. It's not based oh. on real life events, but not real yeah, life yeah. events. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think that would be pretty good. And the humour comes from the sort the of absurdity of the situations. Yeah, but the, but they act like. Real people, mm. but there's comedy in what's going on. Yeah, you know, I'm almost certain. Like now, you you know, and if you must be able to like actually tour weed farms, like people tour vineyards. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like, mean that should be what they try and do in one of the seasons to, to yeah. bring up. You know, then they talk about the weed as if it's a wine. You know, because they've only like they one of them went to Italy for a holiday once and like toured well, one well, vineyard be, and then they yeah, sort of be like Amsterdam or. Cambodia or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Where you, you just know? sort of, and they're like, you know, taste it. Do you taste the, you know, yeah, the, the, notes, the orange notes? The orange, notes. The orange yeah. notes. Do we go full gin? Yeah. Like, where everyone's like Definitely. adding new stuff. Definitely. And that, <laughs> that straight dank kush. <laughs> <laughs> and like one of them splinters off and creates a rival company. And then it's like, then there's sort of, then there's two, and then that's like season five is two big companies going head to head with two completely different ethoses, right? Is this getting to season five? Oh yeah, this will be like a sleeper hit that like you cannot believe that it gets this far. Like right. for some reason, it just keeps getting season after season. This is how does I it feel. Get like, better. Like that, I think it, it adds. Yeah, and yeah. It, will, it will get to. And we'll, again, weeds had five seasons, it, four I seasons, it. and it was. And you know, it was 
I think, and you and have then so it's many unceremoniously options. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, then it's canned. The shit canned. I think. Like, well, you know, you know what? Sucks, Do you know what? The corporation the, takes over America. Exactly. I've got that the, was the idea, uh, but it's no, been. In. <laughs> but the, um, <laughs> I think the uh, the end. The if it was to end, what yeah. would happen would be it would be quite distraught. The I think the weed farm gets set on fire. Mm. And then they're all just sitting there on the hill, just like, well, high from the fumes. just getting high from the fumes, just baking Because that's in. all they're used to like doing, is yeah. just smoking just, weed. Just like chilling that's on, and, and you know, and it'll be, be like, cartels, wouldn't it? And it'll be, yeah, yeah someone, someone comes back, yeah. Those cartels, the cartels, they cut out at the beginning, the come back at the end, yeah. and sure. they sure. do it. And they're sort of, you'd have this, you know, the opening shot of the first episode is them sitting on the, on the hill of where their farm is, smoking a joint. And then at the end, the last scene is them just all sitting up there while the place yeah. is burning down. And and one of them lights a joint anyway, and then just goes like, Ugh, puts it out yeah. because you can just get it in the air. That's know? that's the unceremonious end to season six. It, they were they were just about to start season six, yeah. and they got told they cut it short. They, it's, they? Not, it's not going to end. So yeah. they, they, but they still managed to give it a nice round ending yeah. for their fans. And every, and every character gets yeah. that resolution. You know, someone goes, someone goes. The other you know, guy who said he was good at numbers or whatever, they give the hundred points off. Goes and teaches biology. Yeah, 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 or Horton. The hallmark of every great series on TV at the moment, at the very least, is two characters getting married. Oh, really? True. Yeah, yeah. Office, Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's true. Oh, yeah. Always sunny. There's always people get married. Yeah, okay, and they they do supply weed for a marriage. Well, well, that's what. But that's what Ricky Gervais said. He said the office was always about. um, It was never about him. Yeah. No. It was always about the relationship, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because. everyone's interested in that. Yeah. Everyone's invested. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Say, I'd say the American yeah. office, I'd say the most interesting thing mm-hmm. is the um, Jim, Jim, Jim Pam. and Pam yeah. relationship. Yeah. Dawn and who's Martin Tim. Tim. That you know from the beginning, that's the that's the bit you're really interested in. Yeah. You're sad when that Because everybody happen, loves love. And you're really excited yeah. when it does. Yeah. And around that is... So it's just brotherly love between, or brotherly and sisterly love between these people that that just started something because they needed to. Therefore, set in America. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry to our American. (laughs) And it sort of, yeah, I sort of really like the idea of it ending like that. And they maybe give them, yeah, like a TV movie or a a three, sort of three one hour long episode, like sort of Mm. one and a half hour long episode Mm. arcs just to to close it off. Because it's a fan favourite. But yeah. you know, and and a, and a network favorite, but they yeah. can't give it a full season. I think the the poster mm-hmm. would be uh, like a red, uh, red like uh, striped sofa mm-hmm. with the four of them like chilling on it, and that's that's sat uh, in front of huge a huge weed farm. Mm. So it sort of like, like takes that idea of like mm-hmm. like sort of couch stoneries and everything that, but then obviously the business and everything that behind it. Yeah. Is the is the sofa red, white, and blue striped? Is it an American flag? <laughs> I, like, oh, I think red, white, and blue accented. Right, okay. It's not like the American flag. Well, that would be just but... so much cooler. Just sat on an American flag sofa. Field of weed. Field of weed, yeah. That would what it would be. It would be that. That's season three. Was, yeah, I mean, if that was an actual documentary, that's what it would be like. Yeah. And it would have all those, you know, five stars at Cannes and all that. It would be think... all around them, wouldn't it? Or a weed and leaf. Be, and it would, be, it would be all weed leaves instead of the wreaths. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. And it would, maybe it would be like... Maybe, maybe it should be no. It will be all of those, all of those um, uh, like reviews from like really famous people that smoke weed. Snoop Dogg, Willie yeah, yeah, Nelson. Yeah. But they're like, like reviews of the weed as well, like Dan Kush <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. Like, I love like... the purple haze. What are you gonna say, Brad? So I was gonna say that going back to sort of the corporate idea. 
The corporation has got to be like a group company that's buying out all these different weed farms. But they know absolutely nothing about weed. And like this middle manager comes in that tries to manage them and he's terrible. Yeah, absolutely. It's Nestle. Yeah. 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 And and it's just like, I'm just like, you know, (laughs) like people. And maybe the the thing with that is like um, when that starts to happen, People start going back to street dealers because they're not they don't want that centralized yeah. always the exactly like, the same. Where's every my connection time. with the person I know all the time? I see them and know yeah. them. You know? Go Why to independent I... cafes, don't yeah, you? Yeah, chain. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and that's what it begins to sort of become like. And they re- and like all the people that work at those shops are clearly people that don't smoke any weed. Like, hi, how are you? Yeah, Welcome to definitely. our place. Like just yeah. completely the opposite of it. And I don't even want to, providing that you agree with this, I don't even want to name who we think the actors no, would be. No, I don't even know. I feel like we, like... All, we all, everybody listening to it knows who they are. They, they know who should be casting it. You yeah. feel it, right? It's totally that. I mean, they'll just be like the one guy that has a sort of weird, like, curled up glasses like Roz from uh, from Monsters <laughs> Inc. Like those sort of ones. You know what I mean? She's like a little bit like Rocker, like, like Rockabilly chick. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. She'd definitely be like, like the that. girls like... And what about a tagline? Have we got a tagline for this? Uh, oh no, I didn't think of one. Uh, maybe we can work it. Maybe we we can work it together, or we can push it out to uh, the fans. So good, it's almost brackets ill, out brackets legal. Yeah, that's good. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Good enough, just really simple. It's lit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's lit. Yeah. I like it. Oh, I mean. There's just a question because I, I think a soundtrack for this sort of thing it, it will feed directly mm. into the tone of it. So you can answer the tone question with the soundtrack. Are we gonna have no real score but just give like pounding soundtrack? You know when you just hear music from like a massive speaker in like Notting Hill, is it Notting Hill Carnival? It's like is it we're just gonna? Well, pound I think you can. <laughs> All the way through. That's, that's you beautiful. can. That's like... Trying to sleep in your tent. That's beautiful. <laughs> I think no, you, you open yourself, there is a lot of like Cali rock and a lot of like, there is literally a genre of stoner, stoner rock, but you can throw, you know, like right. psychotropics in there. I think it opens, you know, there's a couple of bands, there's a band called Dune Rats from Australia, from Australia. they are like, um, you know, they're like, they're keeping that like punk rock sort of like skater surfer like thing alive. There's a lot of surfer rock, a lot of, you know, definitely the opening, um, the opening episode definitely has some sublime in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to. Of course it does. And uh, yeah, and you can yeah. sort of keep, you know, some chilies as well, that sort of. Chilies be good. Yeah. yeah. And, and Snoop sort of Dogg's like West... musical supervisor. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> like, you know, he's no, But then also you like, like throw in, you know, you throw in uh, rap, you throw in like trap yeah. music as well. Like you've got like a huge mix of sure. what you can do yeah. with it. Okay. And um, I just want to. You know what? D- DJ Khaled's the musical supervisor. Yeah, right? fair enough. Actually, no, 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 no. That's too East Coast. That's too like that's well, too, like Florida well, yeah, East Coast Snoop and not like Dogg Miami. And it would definitely Khaled. be it would definitely be Snoop okay. Dogg. Musical supervisor Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that one, yeah. And like he has varied musical taste. He'll go like I? a bunch of different stuff. You know, it won't just be sort yeah. of what you'd imagine. And I I wanna throw in, I think his name's Destin Cretton. I think that's his name, although I really have no idea how to pronounce any of these people's names. <laughs> um but he's the guy who directed Short Term Twelve. And he did something that didn't hit home in is his sophomore film and then he did something was it was it i'm not a hipster no oh yeah i think so he did it most recently and it sort of has has um been getting a bit of buzz it's sort of like a return to form but it is destined it is destined cretin right yeah okay um Breton. and he's got a good sort of he has some of a classic hollywood vibe sometimes and then he has like a proper 
sort of gritty. I mean, Short Term 12 is like almost like a documentary. Okay. So it feels like you're in this place with these people and it's mm. very grounded and earthen, but at the same time has like a, a real narrative sort yeah. of punch to it. I had I had one one other idea, and the only reason I laugh at this is it was about an animated film about pigs and about what well, a potbelly pig. But the only thing that made me laugh is that they lived in Pennsylvania. Like pig pen, and that was it. And I laughed more of that than the rest of the premise. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Potluck. You somehow connected that with pigs. Potbelly pot pig. pigs. Oh, I pot see. Potbelly pig. That the only potbelly pig listening. in in Pennsylvania, and uh, it wins the lottery. That was my other idea. And it wins the lottery. <laughs> That's why it's lucky. How does it win the lottery? I don't know. Though? The pig. Well, it's not like it the picks pig. it with its like trotter, like as a good luck thing it for the ticket owner. gets left to it in its in its owner's will. <laughs> yeah. 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 Something like that. No, no, it's more like the father has numbers on each pen and the pig. No, it's more like um, like anthro. It's more like an anthropomorphic pig. So sort of like sing or like that sort of. Oh, hang on, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so it's more like they're they're not like animated pigs um, that with uh, that anthropomorphized and they live in. I think you picked the right. I definitely picked the right. So I'll, um, I'll give you a rough overview of my idea. This is the idea I came up with when I was in school. So I like, I, my idea of potluck is it's, a, it's, a, it's made in the early 2000s um, and it's a Guy Ritchie knockoff film. So it's like one of these like trying to be like a Guy Ritchie film, but it has a sort of twist. It has this youthful sardonic twist like in Brick. So it sort of takes the tropes of, uh, of a sort of uh, you know, a Cockney gangster film and brings it down, it brings it to a, a country village and it makes it about people who are sort of in their 20s or maybe not even, in, yeah, maybe they're in their early 20s. So it's like everything that you would see in one of these Guy Ritchie films is transposed into this world. So just the same way as in Brick, the <clears throat> principal was like the equivalent of the police chief who's like, I want your gun and badge, you know. In 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 Brick, it, the principal's like, oh, I'll suspend you, I'll write you up and suspend you if you keep doing all this stuff. You know, they sort of, transferred those tropes sort of like bully in the game yeah bully the rock star game absolutely yeah. transposing these sort of tropes and and, and sort of reducing them down into sort of you being a, a teenager in a in a school yeah yeah totally totally so it revolves around a pool hall potluck revolves around a pool hall in a provincial uh, country uh, town where it's a village neighboring to like a, a reasonably sort of prestigious town in the area and these four lovable reprobates keep getting into all sorts of japes and trouble um, and it's all to do with this underground pot ring that's just come in. But what I like the idea of is that the pot, so pot in this part of town has never really hit off. So they're only just getting it now. Right. So it's like they've <laughs> never, new thing. like one time, like Aunt Jemima's cousin's brother, like once took oh. sp- speed because they thought it was a diet pill. And, but they don't know if it was speed. It might have been a vitamin and they went crazy all day. And then, But no one else has touched drugs in this whole place. Like, they just it's don't like know anything about it. Everyone thinks it's the devil sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They just don't know what it is. It's not for us. It's not for this village, you know. Yeah. They're a nice, wholesome, lovely village. And even these reprobates, these guys, they're like lovable nerds. They're the sort of, they're, they're like the... They're, they're loved by everybody in the town, uh, in the village, sorry, because they know themselves. They're naughty, but they're the naughtiest they've ever had in this village. But the people love them because it's better the devil you know, and their naughtiness is never, you know, they'll steal a traffic cone and, oh, you yeah. kids, and like, you know, just muck about and put the priest's, you know, prized dog on the, on the top of the spire so we can't <laughs> climb down. <laughs> I don't know, and then they're, they're that's, that's a jump from a cone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> in a really dangerous situation. <laughs> and then the fire department have to be called out and have to get the dog back down. How did they get it up there? 
Exactly. That's that's these <laughs> guys have these ingenuity. <laughs> Absolutely. You've got to not know how they do it. And they're the big dogs of town. Like everybody of the village, everybody knows them. Um, they're young and respectful, even though they're naughty. So this is like 500 people in this village. Yeah, thing, yeah, absolutely. Tiny. And they all know them. And they're on the wrong side of the law. And then, you know, the copper's always chasing them. But it's always in, if it wasn't him. It's, it's definitely a know. fat copper, isn't he? Definitely. That's why I can't ever catch him. Definitely. So we're looking at a hot, hot fuzz. fuzz. Yeah, hot fuzz. <laughs> sort of, yeah, I think so. Um, and, and just, Sleepy model village. Yeah, definitely. And so, and so weed is treated, this is what I sort of love about this idea, is that weed is treated like this new designer drug craze. And they're like, oh, did you hear? It's come from Amsterdam. Oh, it's come mm. down from London. And they oh, sort it's of... come all the way over from Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, so they see, exactly. So they sort of don't really know about it. They're talking yeah. about it like it's new drug, you know? Um, they can't call it weed then everybody's got to call it marijuana yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely and they've got to completely pronounce it wrong and call it all those reefer cigarettes and all this sort of stuff and wacky tobacco and all this all those horrible terms people use absolutely Um, and I think that so what happened is bigger boys bigger boys come to town so the bigger boys come from a neighbouring town and they know about this stuff. Maybe mm. no, maybe that's their brothers returning from university. That's what well, that introduces it to the town. Yeah. That into the village, I mean. Yeah. That's a, that's good. So that one of their brothers introduces it to them yeah. and they're a bit they're a bit knowledgeable about it. But like yeah. as this is happening, the bigger boys come in. And these bigger boys from out of town, they know about pot and they know they can get some serious money. And they are the heavies. They are like the mafia rolling into town. Right. Into these boys. You know, lovely Start seeing them on dark corners. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're in sh- their shell suits driving uh, Vauxhall yeah. Movers. Yeah, and like uh, Sierra Escort Cosworths and stuff like that. And like all of those. That's it, man. That's it. There are those sort of wide boys. They're those sort of rude boys. They're those sort of like, they're basically like classic chavs. I don't mean modern chavs. I, don't, I just mean the retro chavs. Yeah. The ones that don't the, even the, exist The Ali G satire chavs. Absolutely. Yeah. And they roll into town and they are going to own this place. And they start to slowly take over using pot as their device. And they start to get people hooked you know, on this this horrible thing. And um, you're right. So the characters are, and these are the genuine character names that I'd written down. So these character names are the same. Some of these ideas are different. When did you write these down? When I was in school. Okay. So there's a character called Big Bad. And he's <laughs> he's a massive... Well, there's a character called Big Bad, Cusack, Sharpie, and Killstreak. And basically, they have to... Um, so Big Bad is a is a massive brick of a man. He's a he's a cartoon sized muscle bound bruiser. He's like Butcher from the Boys, but younger. Right. Um, and he works as a bouncer at a local bar, and he's paid in drinks. And he's also <laughs> he's also a night he's a night owl and a stunt man. So he does some stunt man work. Well, he says he's a stunt man. He says he's a stunt man. <laughs> yeah. That's just his reason why he gets knocked about all the time because he's like he's robust. Um, that's what his mum says. Oh, that's yeah. why he's a, he's he's a stunt this, man. He's, he's quite got, robust. He's got a home, homemade highlight reel that he's made. Himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his mates like running him over with their car and stuff like that. Yeah. So as, that's big bad. As Sean says this, if you were friends with him when you were younger, remember these are all <laughs> loosely based on you. Some of these people will go, oh, that's me. Yeah. Um, I think I know who those people are. <laughs> I know. So there's Q-Sack, and it's spelled Q-S-A-C. But the reason he's called Cusack is because he's a lovesick fool and he always quotes lines from John Cusack movies. And <laughs> and he's a John Cusack lookalike 
and that's how he gets some money as well because there's quite a market for it in this small village. That there's a, there's a in a like, small village, yeah. there's a lot of cool. Maybe but, like yeah. someone you're really narrowing these... down the cast today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you you say that, but I think because this was a film made in the early 2000s, he needs to be Asian or African, and that's the joke. That's part of the joke oh, is well, that he doesn't got look like, a really like John strong Cusack. Accent in yeah, scenes. absolutely, and he doesn't look anything like John Cusack, just with the hair. That's all, yeah. and maybe like he's got a mole. Or he's got to be the only foreign person in the entire village as of well. course so yeah. that's why the novelty so sometimes when they bring him over to do lines from you know John, you know, get some money for being a John Cusack impersonator at a party which is definitely a scene we get to see they're just asking him about like you know where his heritage is from and stuff like that you know <laughs> so it's definitely that's definitely that's his um, his whole deal um, and yeah it's, it's it's a hair's breath away from racism basically yeah. do you know what I mean like which in these way? days it'd be frowned upon <laughs> 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 yeah yeah um, Sharpie's a graffiti artist and he's like quite philosophically sophisticated um, and I think he's but he's sort of a faux intellect so he sort of doesn't know anything and all of his quotes are wrong so everything he says and everything he puts on the wall and everything he tries every piece of advice he tries to give to somebody is wrong <laughs> so it's in, right. unequivocally wrong something like you know what they say lightning does strike yeah that's so something our mum used to say <laughs> and we're like no mum you've got the phrase entirely the wrong way around <laughs> or you know sometimes Lightning does strike twice. <laughs> nope. So, um, so yeah, so he gets them completely wrong. And his phrases make sense, but they are the absolute polar opposite of what they actually are. And he, all of his philosophies and ideas, and, and every time someone's in pain and he gives them advice, it is comically wrong. Um, and then we've got... Uh, oh, and he, he paints some um, copies of artwork for money. That's his, that's his job. Like, he can paint absolute perfect carbon copies of artwork. Um, see, I thought about this, man. This is, yeah. this, all of these characters are the same as they were when yeah. I wrote them. Um, <laughs> I haven't changed anything. Um, Killstreak's an avid gamer, um, obviously, obviously, and he quotes everything to video game logic. And every time, and he games every scenario, and he th- and he lives his perfect. He loves his life because he lives it as if he's playing the best video game ever. So if he's carries to, around his own stat sheet, exactly, himself. and marking stuff off. <laughs> And like when he's learned something, he'll, you know, and if he's walking down the street, he's having a great time because he's walking down the street as, you know, Nathan Drake or whatever. He's walking down the street as a character in a video game. That's never boring for a character to walk down the street in a video game. It's amazing. So he loves everything he does. Um, and he is a self-proclaimed, self-taught martial artist. So he knows martial arts, but it's only his own brand of martial he's arts. Like, he has a home-built wooden katana at home. Yeah, definitely. And he learned it from like video games and films and TV and like, you know. And they were really terrible because it was 2000s. So yeah. he wouldn't have really got any really good video games that he would have got all this stuff from. No. Goldeneye? Um, yeah, so yeah. he knows how to karate chop, doesn't he? He knows how to do it unarmed <laughs> with Goldeneye. Um, so there's not much more than that. That's just the overview of the characters. Okay, so Cusack. I mean, I mean Sean. Um... <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, I've watched a lot of Say Anything and a lot of what, some of his other High Fidelity and some of his early films at this time. So, the, um, so the, the underground part ring, yeah. how does it link to the snooker hall? Um, that's where it comes in, I assume. So, it comes, so in it comes into the snooker hall. Now, these that's guys. The sales hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, these four guys, they're, 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 they're the best in their village at. at, at pool it's, uh, and or snooker probably it the only people that play it yes because well. they they take over the entire right. place you know and they run that that's the where their 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 gangster activities could, such as they maybe are maybe it's an abandoned and pool and they come in and they build it and they renovate it brilliant yeah. and that's what they have done in their own way the teenagers 
No, no, well, but they're young they're, men. They renovate it, but they just like they chuck a sofa in there. Yeah, and people yeah. start and to flock like, to it. Oh, yeah, right, okay. renovate's a strong word, but they bring a crowd in, and slowly yeah. it starts to spread. It's like a hang. It's like a hang area. Yeah, it's like a youth club. That's yeah, like definitely. Club so because these, these are good guys, in you know, in reality, they're, mm. they're a little bit like the people from Booksmart. Because I watched that the other day. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, we're on a binge. We did eighth grade, then we're doing we did Book Smart, and we're going to do mid nineties. So we're doing like a whole thing about like growing up within a particular period of time. Um, but in Book Smart, they're just themselves, and they're totally relaxed about it at the same time, and that makes them cool. Mm. You know, even though they're not cool in a traditional sense, they're cool. Um, so people flock to them, and what happens is this this pool tournament thing goes wide, and in all of the different towns. There are tournaments. So what they do is they use the cover, they use the tournament that they want to win anyway as cover to go from town to town to meet all of the bosses of each town, their equivalents, let's say. Mm-hmm. And when they get there, they need to you know, find out how they can get the bigger boys out of their turf. Okay. And so they use or cajole or disrupt or destroy. So they go and do There's... their naughty business in these other towns, meeting new coppers and new mm. you know, sort of ways of working in this place. Well, there's Using their place. effective skills. Absolutely, yeah, their yeah. respective skills of what they can do. Yeah. There is to, a stereotype uh, yeah. of uh, in sort of gangster films of mobsters being at pool holes. You know, you see it with the craze in... Um, mm-hmm in london as well so there's sort of there is that element so maybe by winning the pool tournaments they get the opportunity to speak to you know they don't you know we're not with the prize pool we want to speak to your boss yeah absolutely and it also gives them it doesn't just give them access to the pool halls which of course they're which is where some of the gangsters you know and gangsters is a loose term yeah they're all equivalents of these people they're all approximates like i like how in breaking bad um, I can't remember his name, but he had a chicken shop as his as his sort of Gus he had a chicken shop as his, his front. Re- as his front, and he but he was a good chicken shop manager. Yeah. There's something interesting about that. Um, it feels very <clears throat> Scott Pilgrim. You could yeah, you could say that. So I mean, because there's, yeah. there's, there's a level where these are late teen young men. But they've all got like a special skill. Yes. That, and they're going yeah. around to boss battles, effectively, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So, but, so it's got that level of. I mean, Kill Street would definitely see it like that. Yeah, he would. Um, That's a good but idea. it does feel like it's a, yeah. an adventure game, doesn't it? Do you know, yeah. It, it, well, Scott it wasn't an adventure game. They've got was, to get the MacGuffin to yeah. go to this next yeah. pool. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Reminiscent of like a four player Streets of Rage or something, or, or something. You know, one of those yeah, sort yeah. of classic side scrolling beat em ups mm-hmm. or something where you can draw a fighting force or something we were talking about the other night, wasn't it? Mm. Fighting force, like one of these sort of old school games where you all have your own skills, you know. Sh- skates or whatever has skates and he's like got plus three speed and stuff so i like yeah i like the idea and definitely you can maybe see the film through the eyes of killstreak so you can have that as a as sort of a, a, so a thrust so he'd be the main yeah point of yeah the you wouldn't think so because he's not his sort of character uh description doesn't lend itself to that but i'm sure you could find a way to make yeah. him sort of you know Perhaps just the point of view. Who would be the focal point of the group? Really? Oh, it'd definitely be Cusack, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. Well. <laughs> nah, it can't be Cusack just because he's based on me. Um, it's got to be Big Bad, isn't it? But he's the bruiser. But then yeah, the bruiser's never the main. Maybe you just make it an ensemble. It's yeah. just these four guys. They've yeah, got like, I, I never had a main character in Potluck. My Potluck. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they refer to the other kids as they've all got code names. The bigger boys, haven't they? They've got code names like Black Ball, Corner Pocket, Triangle, because they can't remember it's called a rack. So it's called Triangle because <laughs> um, they sort of self-taught with pool and you know and snooker yeah, yeah. as well. Um, Eight ball. It's got yeah yeah exactly. It's got um, well one should be called Black Ball and then they keep calling him Eight Ball but then his na- they find out his name's Black Ball but then they're like so they don't know what his name is and they keep calling each other the wrong name and then they go out to find one of them and beat him up and they beat the wrong one up. <laughs> no, something like that because they just can't get his okay, name yeah, right. Yeah. 
And then Noel Clark's in it, obviously. Tamsin Edgerton's in it. Remember her from St. Trinian's or whatever? She's in it. Okay. Um, and I think I've got character names for other characters. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... One on of page. them's called Kush T. <laughs> You know, like cush tea but, but, and iced tea. Now, I'm, I don't think this is good, in case you can't hear the tone of my voice. Um, I like the idea that the dialogue is really hyped up. They have like this sort of like lock, stock, lucky number 11 sort of wisecracking street poetry about them. You know, they all talk in cool phrases and stuff. Mm. And um, I sort of like the idea of um, Alex Turner, the front man from the Arctic Monkeys, being like, you know, the big boss or something at the end you know mm. he's just one of his early when he's sort of going just starting his music he does a little acting stint yeah um so yeah and i don't really have much more than that except the fact that i sort of like this as a concept i think teenage sean would be really proud of you right now. yeah thanks man <laughs> this would be my dream movie if i was like you know 14 years old and i was just figuring out what pot was and other sorts of things <laughs> and thinking i was you know uh, someone yeah. who is going to spitballing it with another group of yeah like, exactly who just... thought that it was equally amazing yeah. all probably high all sort of like laughing at all the character names and stuff well they thought it was bad and you were like wow you're going to be the big bad boy <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're black ball and you're corner pocket <laughs> yeah I'll show you one day I'll make potluck into the best one we've ever seen <laughs> so so yeah, I'm I'm proud of it. While by recognizing, by way of recognizing that it's that it's terrible, and obje- objectively terrible. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, originally I had denied. Uh, I changed the title a long time ago. So I think I changed the title while I was in college to Dirty Bastards, and it was about the same four characters. But they, um, but a Russian, although maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe we should have used it as a title. Um, but they. They're trying to transport a painting for a Russian, obviously, for an evil Russian, and it gets destroyed while they're transferring it. So the same characters. Well, maybe this is a sequel. And they destroy the painting, and then they have to learn in a short space of time, the four of them, because one of them at the time didn't have the ability to make forgeries. They all have to learn an essential skill required to paint an exact replica. And then it's a film that changes from like a gangster film into a film about them learning about art and then they have to they have to perfectly it's like paint. Mr. Bean too. Yeah. <laughs> and I promise you that I wrote an entire outline to this. And it's like ten pages long. Was was that not the entire outline? We, no, I tell you what, if we if we if we get a hundred reviews on on uh, iTunes, Sean, you will post that. Yeah, I mean, we definitely won't get a hundred reviews on iTunes, but or on Apple Podcasts. But if we do, I will post it and I will read it out exactly as it is. <laughs> I won't alter one word, and it is embarrassing because I read it a couple of days ago and it's horrendous. Um, so yeah, get, so get. I'm signing. I'm signing up to Apple hundred yeah, times. Yeah, leave my review. <laughs> <laughs> it's well worth it. Yeah. I think it's um, it's about that time that I pick a winner, um, and I'm just going to come right out and say it's my idea. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, that would be horrendous. Uh, well, I mean, I'm quite uh, astounded at how varied we had it, considering that the, you know that potluck can only really relate to a couple of things. Mm. So for us to have broadened that into four completely different ideas. And even though some of them share the same DNA, they're the four completely different ideas. I'm actually really chuffed with that. Um, 
obviously we had Bradley's Orwellian sort of jarhead riff um, <laughs> with this horrible dystopia yeah. um, that scarily uh, yeah. could be <laughs> coming that's, true. That's a lot yeah. closer than we expect. <laughs> um, Black Mirror-esque. With, yeah, Black Mirror-esque with uh, um, a sort of Donald Trump overlord tone and Adam Driver given us uh, his best this performance. emotional performance. Emotional performance. Um, and we had Dan's uh, sports parody movie, would that be fair to say? Yeah, let's go In with the that. vein of balls of fury and blades, blades. of glory. Got to get another <laughs> yeah, way, way around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, with Will Ferrell, with, with Jared Hess directing. And we had uh, Ryan's idea about, uh, uh, as the dupe, about uh, multiple seasons of television uh, where it's it, they go for the whole arc from illegal to, to legal small company to corporate to uh, to the, their freedom and their return to uh, themselves and their uh, relationships with each other, um, and I I have to say that this is a genuinely difficult one to pick. Like, there's not one yeah, I clear. Think it is so wide ranging as yeah, well. Yeah, so wide ranging. Yeah. Now, part of me, <laughs> I'll just I'll just keep talking, but don't think this is any indication like you did last episode that I'm going to lean towards one way or the other. You weren't here, Bradley, but you stabbed me in the heart. Oh, <laughs> it was a whole. Well, was it the heart or the back? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was both it was at once. In the back, <laughs> through the heart. Mm. Um, I'm just going to talk this out because you don't know. Because I don't know, and I'm trying to figure out as I go. Um, People at home are screaming. At their at their Apple iPods, they know exactly their yeah. iPods. They, they, um, they know exactly. They know exactly one which one it is. I think I like this idea the most, and so I'm going to select it. Even though Dan, you might feel like you initially would have had a better idea in a previous one or in a future one, you may think, well. This is you really stiff me. This oh, this oh. is gonna this is going to be the departed Oscar for Martin Scorsese. Right. I'm gonna give it. You can't give it to me now. This is just you feeling guilty about the last one. <laughs> Mine is blatantly not the best one. I, I've come at this with like Will Ferrell and Snooker. That, <laughs> that has been my pitch. That genuinely was my pitch. If I win this, I feel I feel even more stabbed now. Well, tough because I, <laughs> because I like it the most. It resonates. I don't like it the most. I like them all, obviously, um, uh, or dislike them equally. However you want to, or dislike them equally. However you want to phrase it. But um, I I feel like it's it's Dan's idea. I I I feel like although again this might be the sympathy. It's definitely the sympathy. <laughs> definitely the sympathy. <laughs> because you'll definitely come up with a better one in the next episode, and you've come up with a better one already yeah. um, in previous episodes. Twice. But there is something that <laughs> resonates about this idea. I think it's just a pitch-perfect parody movie, and we haven't had that yet. And we haven't had something that is so perfect in uh, the fact that it's, there's a gap in the very market. very visual. I can yeah. visualise it very well in my head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And... We would get shot in the street if we tried to do yours, Bradley, because <laughs> it's too close to home. Um, and we would, and Ryan, your idea is genuinely too good for me to want to ruin it with, ruin a, trailer. It with a trailer. Yeah. And I'm just going to take this to Netflix now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we all want You know where I am now. <laughs> I, I understand why I haven't won so far. I, I now know where the bar is to win. <laughs> Well, it's a low to, bar. All you have to do the is do one, do one episode, get a sim- do one episode badly, get a sympathy vote. 
and then Sean will vote for you. That's it, done. No, I'm kidding. No, I, would never, I would never do it on those grounds, but I, just in terms of the actual idea itself, I just know that you will come up with a better one in the next couple of episodes, but the standard of everyone is so high. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. We're all and winners. And actually, like, <laughs> actually, Dan, your idea was, yeah, as Bradley said, you can totally visualise it. Yeah. There's so much you can it's... do. And there hasn't been... I mean, the last film that those uh, that sort of Will Ferrell was in with Sherlock Holmes or Sherlock and Watson... Yeah. Which we Watson. know as your worst film, isn't it? That's the, <laughs> yeah, that's half a star. Half a star. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I just, but it just, you know, it, it's not. The, well, it's, I give it zero stars. And the Wayne's brothers <laughs> haven't done anything in quite a while, so yeah, I think there is something. Maybe if we, if we, if we were to do it now, it's possible to do it now as well, rather than back in two thousand and eight. Yeah, fair play. Absolutely. So if you agree with my selection, or if you disagree with my selection for the winner for this week's uh, episode of Slash Dupe for Potluck. Then send us a message, join our Facebook group, uh, pop us a message on Twitter, um, DM us on Instagram. Uh, we've got an ex-collective Instagram and Twitter. We have a slash dupe uh, page on Facebook. Tell us why you think I'm wrong. Tell us why you prefer another idea. Tell us and we might throw it in as a wild card in one of the later episodes. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to receive the episodes as soon as they drop. To be honest with you, we... The more you review and rate, the more chance we have of making these. So if you are enjoying it even a little bit, if you even listen to one or two more of these, chuck a review down, chuck a like down, chuck a subscribe. Five stars. Give us five stars. <laughs> Someone is trying to influence you. I don't know if you heard that, but there's some sort of voice in your head telling you. Um, five stars and nothing less. And and it just gives us the um, uh, the ability to know that we're making something that resonates with an audience and, and we'll keep doing it, you know? And remember, after a hundred five-star reviews, Sean's <laughs> going to read out his his original script for Potluck. <laughs> yeah, codenamed "Dirty Bastards." <laughs> it will happen. And um, Dan, I know you wanted to take a moment, uh, and so do I, to thank Jimmy Drew for his equipment. Yeah, I mean, we... awesome stuff. Uh, so Jimmy Drew lent us all this uh, audio equipment. He does loads of stuff. He's a man of many, many talents. Um, but mainly, just want to say thank you to him. Yeah, for, yeah. Thanks, stuff. Jimmy. Really appreciated. Um, yeah, so I think that we've had a very, very interesting episode of uh, Slash Sheep today, and I'm very proud of everyone's ideas. It just leads me to say thank you to our guest today, uh, Dan, thank yep. you very much. Thank you. Bradley, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. And Ryan, thank you for being here. And congratulations, thank you very everyone, much, Sean, for hosting. on your ideas for Potluck. Sean, so what's happening about this podcast? Well, what will happen is we will pick a winner at the end of this episode and that winner will go into a pool of semi-finalists and we're hoping to get some people to come in, some industry professionals to come in and adjudicate in their opinion from different disciplines that they come from which one they think the winner should be. And we will uh, ourselves pick a champion uh, each idea will have a champion and we will champion that idea and this hopefully this industry professional will be able to uh, pick uh, a, a, a quarter finalist that then goes, wait, how does it work? Quarter Sem semi-finals. A quarter finalist can pick a quarter finalist that goes into the semi-finals and then at the semi-finals we want the audience to vote on the idea 
that they want us to make into a trailer. Well, that would them. be at the finals, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> we haven't figured any of this out. It's good to know you don't know how sports tournaments work, Sean. <laughs> I'm definitely going to cut most of this. Recorded in the Capo Studios 2020. What's up, danger?